Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and we got some surprising box office numbers to talk about thanks to Five Nights at Freddy's, new trailers, streaming updates, and more. Let's talk about the domestic box office top five. Opening in first place is Five Nights at Freddy's with a whopping $80 million dollars. Second place was the Eras Tour with 15.4 million for a total of 150 million dollars. Third place was Killers of the Flower Moon with another 9.3 million for a total of 40.9 million. Fourth place was After Death, which debuted to 5 million. And in fifth place was The Exorcist Believer with 3.2 million for a total of 59.5 million. So while Universal had a terrible start to the Halloween season with The Exorcist, Five Nights at Freddy's came in to save the day. Pre-sales for the movie were strong and indicated there was a lot of demand to see the movie, especially from the younger crowd, which turned out to be the case. It also broke a few records as well, with the film now having the biggest horror film debut of the year, and is also the biggest opening weekend for a Bloomhouse film, passing Halloween uh, from 2018. The big question here is how much will the drop-off be due to it being on Peacock for repeat viewings, and well, Halloween's over now. Also, the reported budget for the film is $20 million, so right now between this and the international numbers, it's all profit-making now. Killers at a Flower Moon dropped 60% from its opening weekend. It's not great, uh, but I think it comes down to the film being three and a half hours long. Like, you have really have to commit to it. And unlike Oppenheimer, which was three hours long, there is no huge pop culture need to see the to see the film, basically. Like, people are interested in it. Yes, people are interested in Kill a Little Flower Moon. But it's not the craze over the summer where, like, you know, pop culture-wise, it was kind of expected. You see one, if not both, of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Uh, Kill a Little Flower Moon does not have that. In China, only the River Flows stayed in first place with 9.2 million for a total of 29.2 million. World's Greatest Dad debuted in second place with 4.9 million. Third place was Under the Light with 2.8 million for a total of 179 million dollars. Fourth place was The Volunteers with another 2.5 million for a total now of 106.1 million. And in fifth place was Death Stranding, which opened to one. 9 million. And before you think about it, no, this is not the movie based on the game Death Stranding. They are two separate things. Internationally, Five Nights at Freddy's did good numbers as well, earning 52.6 million for a worldwide opening weekend of 132.6 million. Killers at a Flower Moon earned 14.1 million for a total of 88 million dollars worldwide. Trolls Band Together earned 13.4 million for an international total of 36.1 million. The Eras Tour earned another 6.7 million for a worldwide total of 203 million dollars. The Creator is at 97.3 million worldwide. The Exorcist Believer is at 120.4 million worldwide. And Paw Patrol The Mighty Movie is now at 166.4 million worldwide. Sadly, there were a few deaths this week. First, Taraj Ramses and his two of his children were killed in a car crash on Halloween. He was a stuntman on numerous films, including The Avengers and Black Panther, to name a few. Also, Matthew Perry died at the age of 54 
He was most famous for his role as Chandler Bing on Friends, Thoughts and Prayers with their families, and may they rest in peace. In regards to the actor's strike, it might, keyword might, be coming to an end. Both SAG and the studios have continued negotiations in an exclusive from Deadline. Uh, they are reporting that the studios have now submitted to the union what they are considering their last, best, and final offer. SAG confirmed that they got the offer and are currently reviewing it. Speaking of unions, the production employees at Walt Disney Animation Studios have voted to unionize. The vote had 96% turnout, and with that, 93% voted yes to joining. It should be noted that, as far as I'm reading here, the animators themselves are not a part of this. The ones who would be joining are production managers, production coordinators, and production supervisors. In an exclusive from Deadline, Warner Brothers has won an auction for the right to adapt a book called How to Rule the World, Yacht Parties, Culture Wars, and the Downfall of a President at Stanford. Amy Pascal will also be producing the film as well, and I would assume her production company, Pascal Pictures, would be a part of it. This apparently was very sought after, uh, you know, with A24, Sony, and Amazon also interested in getting the rights to it. From the sounds of it, it does sound like it would be a good movie. In a casting update, there are a few more actors that have joined A24's upcoming film, Death of a Unicorn, as it has finished up filming. The cast led by Paul Rudd and Jenna Ortega will also star Richard E. Grant, Anthony Cargan, Will Poulter, and Tia Leone. This is looking like a really good cast. Look forward to watching this one. Lionsgate was able to get an interim agreement for the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. This will allow the cast to actively promote the film leading up to its uh, release. Now, while that might seem weird, right, kind of a big movie to get a uh, waiver, right, in term agreement, uh, Lionsgate is not a member of AMPTP and have not been a part of these negotiations. So for them, they're just going to follow whatever agreement gets done. Speaking of Lionsgate, let's talk about the American Film Festival. An exclusive from Deadline Day of reporting that studio has bought the North American and UK rights to an Indian film called Kill. It will also get a theatrical release sometime in 2024. I think one thing to keep an eye on over the next few years is Hollywood Studios buying the distribution rights to more Indian films. I think they have finally noticed over the last few years that there's a very dedicated audience for Indian films. So if they were to buy some and give it a good marketing push, it could expand even more. For a film up for sale at the AFM, Chuck Norris is back. Deadline is exclusively reporting that he is starring in an action sci-fi film called Agent Recon, produced by Quiver Distribution. Quiver plans to distribute the film themselves in 2024. Uh, domestically, it looks like, and Millennium Media will sell the international rights. Neon will be launching sales of a sequel to It Follows. The original was a horror film back from 2014. Maika Monroe is set to reprise her role, and David Robert Mitchell is set to come back to write and direct. In an exclusive from Deadline, they are reporting that Signature Entertainment has already bought the rights to Terrifier 3 for the UK and Ireland. The film itself is set to start production in January, and is set for a domestic release next October. Cinemark had their Q3 earnings report, and well, it was a really good quarter for them. They noted that July was the biggest box office month for them ever, thanks to Barbie and Oppenheimer. As for revenue, the company brought in $875 million, which is up 35% compared to this time last year. 
Cinemark CEO Sean Gamble also mentioned that Amazon and Apple are so far pleased with the results so far for their films and remain committed to theatrical releases. In release date changes, Universal has pushed back their live-action adaptation of How to Train Your Dragon to June 13th, 2025, back from March 14th. This is due to the ongoing actor strike as they can't close deals to finalize the cast, let alone start filming. Disney is also pushing back some films with both the live-action adaptation of Snow White and Pixar's Elio, both being delayed a year minimum. Uh, while both were set to come out in March, Snow White will now come out March 21st, 2025, and Elio becomes a summer film coming out June 13th, 2025. And from Searchlight Magazine Dreams, this is a film they bought at Sundance starring Jonathan Majors. Well, it's been pulled from their release calendar. Previously, it was set to come out December 8th. Now, who knows when it will come out. We got a few trailers this week. First, G-Kids released the first trailer for the English dub of The Boy and the Heron. This is Hayao Miyazaki's latest film. The English dub features a strong cast, including Robert Pattinson, Christian Bale, Gemma Chan, Dave Bautista, Willem Dafoe, and more. It will have a limited release on November 22nd, and then go wide on December 8th with G-Kids distributing both the English dub and the original Japanese version as well. It does seem a little early, but 20th Century Studios dropped the first trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I've been looking forward to this, and even though it's still too early to tell if it'll be good, the first trailer shows a lot of promise. The film directed by Wes Bell will come out May 24th, 2024. Universal released the first trailer for The Fall Guy. This is the, I guess, action comedy film. Uh, it's directed by David Lettich and stars Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt. Personally, I found the trailer to be okay. I'm still looking forward to the film, but the trailer itself ran a bit too long, and the pacing of it was kind of weird. Uh, the film comes out March 1st, 2024. Let's start off VOD Premium with Disney, where they are moving ahead with buying out the rest of Hulu. This comes after both Disney and Comcast have been in talks since September about how to proceed. Well, the company announced that it will pay $8.61 billion to Comcast on December 1st to buy their share of Hulu. However, that might not be all they have to pay. That amount was the minimum they needed to pay based on their agreement back in 2019. Besides paying the $8 billion, both companies are having the value of Hulu appeased. If they come back saying Hulu is worth more than $27.5 billion, then Disney will have to write another check. There is no set date on that, just that they expect it to be completed sometime in 2024. While there was some rumbling this year about, oh, maybe they'll sell off Hulu, maybe not, uh, Disney stuck to what the main plan always was, which is to fully own Hulu and can now work to integrate it into Disney+. For customers, I don't think there will be any noticeable changes for a while. Soon, if you have both Disney Plus and Hulu, you'll be able to access it all from the Disney Plus app. And if you just have Hulu, you just keep using that. For Disney Plus, we have a release date for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and it will be available to watch starting December 1st. That is a pretty long way compared to other Disney films, but you could look at it a few different ways. They wanted to give it more time to get VOD sales, to recoup as much as possible, considering it took a big loss at the box office, right? Or if you want to look at it more positively, uh, they, you know, they view this as their big movie for the holidays. 
and they want to advertise it as such, right? For the holidays, come watch Indiana Jones, only available on Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus and Marvel Studios also debuted the first trailer for Echo. While we knew all episodes were coming out at once, we now have a release date for it, uh, January 10th. On top of that, it is actually rated TVMA, a first for Marvel, and another first is it'll be available to watch simultaneously on both Disney Plus and Hulu. They are clearly making a push to get people to watch, ideally binge watch as well, since there are only five episodes. This will also be the first show under Marvel Spotlight. This is for shows that will be more grounded and character-driven stories and that are also more standalone. However, Marvel Studios did not announce any new shows that would be under this banner. Look, if this allows them to try more unique ideas and throw them under this, I'm all for it. Besides getting a Marvel Studios show, there was a lot going on with Hulu this week. Futurama was renewed for two more seasons for a total of 20 new episodes. FX released a trailer for their upcoming show, Shogun, starring Hiroyuki Sandana, and is set in Japan in 1600s. It looks interesting and will of course be both on the FX cable channel, but also on Hulu starting February. Also, Letterkenny will be ending with its upcoming 12th season and all episodes dropping on December 25th. So you will be able to binge watch the final season if you wish. We got the Q3 numbers from AMC. So let's take a look at them. For the quarter, they gained 100,000 subscribers across AMC Plus and their other streaming services. Remember, they have smaller ones like Shudder. This brings their total to 11.1 million subscribers. This comes as AMC lost subscribers for the first two quarters of the year. I would say that the Daryl Dixon show did its job in that it stopped the bleeding for AMC Plus. Now, obviously, the company would have liked to have gained a lot more subs, but it's a start. Also, with them getting ready to release their ad tier plan for AMC+, Plus, that might entice people to sign up and try it out. AMC also bought a new show called Nautilus. It is a 10-episode series focused on the origins of Captain Nemo. It was produced by Disney and was originally set to come out on Disney+, Plus before they pulled it due to their cost-cutting. With this, the show was at, uh, up for sale, and AMC have bought the distribution rights for it in America and Canada. It will premiere on AMC and AMC Plus sometime in 2024. I think this is a solid pickup for them and does actually fit into what kind of show AMC usually airs. We also got the Q3 numbers for both Roku and Paramount. For Roku, they did okay, with revenue for the quarter at $912 million, which is up 20%. But what's also up are their net losses which were $330 million, compared to this time last year for the quarter, where it was $122 million. Part of this, though, is the $62 million uh, write-down that they took, removing content off the Roku channel, so it's kind of a one-time hit. As for streaming and accounts, that did improve, with the company getting 2.3 million new active accounts, for a total of $75.8 million, and for viewing time, 26.7 billion hours were watched. And for viewing time, 26.7 billion hours were watched, compared to 25.1 billion in Q2. We got a new streaming service launching. This one is from Kino Lorber, which is launching the Kino Film Collection. I appreciate them not calling it Kino Plus. It will cost $6 per month and will have films from their library, including The Conformist, The Super 8 Years, Taxi, and more. Uh, I hope they've worked out that they only need a small number of subscribers to make this profitable. 
because I don't see a lot of people signing up for this. Over at Paramount, Paramount Plus gained 2.7 million subscribers for a worldwide total now of 63 million. For the service, revenue was up by 61% and losses were lowered to 238 million for the quarter. This time last year, the losses for Paramount Plus were 343 million. So not bad, but like Comcast and Peacock, it's still a work in progress. Paramount Plus also released a trailer for Good Burger 2, which is set to come out November 22nd. Also, Paramount also took this time to announce their upcoming plans for the Yellowstone franchise. First off, the main show Yellowstone will air its final episodes in November 2024. Along with that, two more spin-offs were announced, 1944 and 2024. For the 2024 show, all that is known right now is that it is set to air after Yellowstone finishes, and while there will be a new cast, there may be some characters from Yellowstone that show up. It should be noted that this is the show that was rumored Matthew McConaughey was in talks of joining, but with the actor strike ongoing, we aren't going to get a clear answer on that. Peacock had a busy week thanks to Five Nights at Freddy's. The streamer announced that the film is the most watched film or show on the service in its first five days. Once again, Five Nights at Freddy's is saving Universal from a terrible Halloween season. Peacock also released a trailer for an upcoming holiday film called Genie, directed by Sam Boyd. It stars Melissa McCarthy and Papaya Estiu. It premieres November 22nd. As Lionsgate gets ready to spin off stars, changes are being made, and sadly, that also means job cuts as well. Stars will be laying off 10% of its staff of 670 employees and will stop operations in the UK and Australia. Hopefully those affected will be able to land on their feet soon. In exclusive from Variety, they are reporting that a poltergeist show is in development at Amazon MGM Studios. While it's not mentioned, I'd assume this would be for Prime Video, and if they can make a proper horror show, then it should work out and gain interest from viewers. Also look, they spent all that money on MGM, they need to start developing projects based on the IP that they bought. Taking a look at the Nielsen Top 10, we have the charts for the week of October 2nd to the 8th. Overall, surprise, surprise, Suits is in first place again with 1.2 billion minutes watched. This marks the 15th time the show has taken the number one spot. Grey's Anatomy once again was in the top 10 charts, coming in second place, but this time with a billion minutes watched. The last time it did that was back in 2020. As for third place, the Haunted Mansion film from Disney debuted there with 992 million minutes watched. For the streaming originals top 10, Love is Blind was in first place with 821 million minutes. Ahsoka was in second place with 575 million minutes. And Only Murders in the Building came in third with 563 million minutes watched. Loki came in sixth place on the top 10 streaming originals thanks to its debut of its second season with 446 million minutes. Quick update on Netflix's ad tier. While they did not say what the amount of subscribers were on the ad tier during the Q3 report, they announced in a blog post this week while celebrating the one-year anniversary of it that they now have 15 million subscribers for it. So that is 15 million out of just under 250 million worldwide. That's a good start since it's not available everywhere yet, so it will continue to grow as the rollout expands. And let's finish up with news from Warner Brothers Discovery, thanks to a press event hosted by the head of HBO, Casey Bloys. He announced that the next season of Curb Your Enthusiasm will premiere in February, House of the Dragon Season 2 will premiere sometime next summer, and for reporters at the event, they got a preview of it, 
by seeing an exclusive trailer. As for the second Game of Thrones spinoff show, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, The Hedge Knight, Bloys says he expects that to start filming next year. It seems like if they can swing it, HBO is looking to alternate the spinoffs so you have something Game of Thrones annually. So like 2024 is the second season of House of the Dragon, 2025 would be season one of The Hedge Knight, uh, 2026 would be season three of House of the Dragon, and so on, which I think is a smart move. As for other productions, The Last of Us Season 2 is set to start filming in early 2024 and is looking to premiere in early 2025. No casting news was announced. Hoyas also confirmed that Season 3 of Euphoria will finally be coming out in 2025. Uh, with how busy the cast for the show has been, I wouldn't be surprised if this turned out to be the last season. And that's it for this episode of the Box Office Receipt. If you want to follow me on X, Threads, Instagram, or Facebook, Links to those are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.